0: You're in Second Samuel 22, and we're going to read verses 29 through 37, and this will not be a long message, but I hope it will give you something that will help you every time you come into a, a problem, every time you face trouble. I pray that the Lord would use this to remind you what to do. 2 Samuel 22, verses 29 through 37. For thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the Lord will lighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. By my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. For who is God? Save the Lord, and who is a rock? Save our God. God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet, and setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation and thy gentleness hath made me great. Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, so that my foot did not slip. 2 Samuel 22, and if you know 2 Samuel at all, you know that we're coming up to the end of David's life. We're approaching his death. And 2 Samuel 22 gives us a song of David, a song that is also found In Psalm 18. Sometime, take a Bible and open it to 2 Samuel 22 and take another Bible and open it to Psalm 18 and just go verse by verse and compare the two. It's believed by some Bible scholars that David wrote the song when he was young. In fact, if you go to the beginning of the chapter, Chapter 22, verse 1. And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hands of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. Well, when he's approaching his death, Saul has been dead for 40 years because David reigned 40 years. Saul's been dead for 40 years. But now it says he delivered him out of all of his enemies. So here's the theory. That And by the way, Psalm 18 and this version, they differ a little bit. So the theory is that the Psalm 18 version David penned, of course, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, when he first became king. Saul was behind him. He was now taking the throne, and that's when he penned Psalm 18. But now he's old. And over the years, he has sung this song to the Lord many times. By the way, I hope you have songs that you sing to the Lord. He has sung this song to the Lord many times. And as he has aged, and as he has faced various challenges in life, the song has changed. And so Psalm 18, the theory goes, we have David's 30-year-old version of this song. And here in 2 Samuel 22... We have the 70-year-old version of David's song. Now, that's not set in stone, but that is a theory by one ancient Bible scholar. So 2 Samuel 22, and this we have to guess because of where it's placed in the Bible, it includes David looking back on his whole life. And look what he says in verse number 31. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. As for God, his way is perfect. God's way is perfect. So, God has a way that things ought to be done. What, are we, what did Jesus tell us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, what well, we call the Lord's Prayer? Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why do we have to pray that? Because in heaven, everyone obeys the Lord. On earth, everyone does not obey the Lord. So what we're praying is, Lord, cause me and the people on this planet to be obedient to you, to bring your way to pass as it is in heaven. People say, if there really is a God, how come all these bad things happen? Because God's way is not always carried out on earth. Which also proves, by the way, that the fact that God is sovereign does not mean that he forces people to do everything his way. He is sovereign. That means he has authority over everything, but he has given this wonderful gift to us called free will. We exercise that free will, and that's why the world is such a mess, because we do not do things God's way. So God's way is perfect. He has a way that things ought to be done, and his way is a perfect way. And In the Bible, perfect does not mean without flaw, although when it's talking about God, it's talking about without flaw. But it means totally perfected. That's why when the Bible says that we are supposed to be perfected. Perfect. It means that we are supposed to get as good as we can possibly get with God's help, of course. But his way is the perfected way, his way is flawless. So, as for God, his way is perfect. Why don't you do this? You've got your Bible open. There's just a few of us. Would you make that statement? As for God, his way is perfect. Say it with me. Ready? As for God, his way is perfect. Very good. Now, look at verse 33. God is my strength and power, and he maketh my way perfect. So, God's way, the way that everything ought to be done, is the perfected way. It is the perfect way. But God's way does not always get performed on this earth. It only gets performed by the obedient And when you are obedient, you can say, he maketh my way perfect. David says, God's way is perfect, and because I chose to trust him, my way is perfect. Now, David certainly was not without sin. We all know that. It's not that David was without sin, but that when he sought the Lord's way, he followed God's perfect way. Let me show you what a great habit David had of seeking the Lord. I think like no one else in the Bible except for Jesus himself. Let me show you a few examples. Look at uh, 1 Samuel chapter 23. I want to ask you to turn because I want you to see for yourself. 1 Samuel chapter 23. And in this chapter, David is in his 20s. He has already killed Goliath. But he is not yet king. He is in his 20s, and he is running from King Saul. 1 Samuel 23. And look what happens in the first five verses. Then they told David, saying, Behold, the Philistines fight against Keilah, and they rob the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and smite these Philistines? And the Lord said unto David, go and smite the Philistines and save Keilah. And David's men said unto him, behold, we be afraid here in Judah. How much more than if we come to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines. So after David sought the Lord and he goes to his men, and he said, we're going to go fight the Philistines. And his men said, I don't think so. So what does David do? He goes back to the Lord. Verse four, then David inquired of the Lord yet again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will deliver the Philistines into thine hand." So David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their cattle and smote them with a great slaughter. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. How? By seeking the Lord. Look at verse 9. And David knew. So now he is in this place called Keilah. And David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief against him because. If you read the, the verses in between, Saul gets word. David and his men are hanging out in this place called Keilah, and so Saul says, let's go down and let's attack him there. So David knew that Saul secretly practiced mischief. I'm, I'm in 1 Samuel 23. Uh, practiced mischief against him. And he said to Abiathar the priest, bring hither the ephod. An ephod was an instrument that the Lord had given to the priests as a method of seeking the Lord. Bring hither the ephod. Then said David, O Lord God of Israel, thy servant hath certainly heard that Saul seeketh to come to Keilah to destroy the city for my sake. Will the men of Keilah deliver me up into his hand? Will Saul come down as thy servant hath heard? O Lord God of Israel, I beseech thee, tell thy servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. Then said David, will the men of Keilah deliver me up? And surely the answer is no to that, right? He just saved them from the Philistines. Will the men of Keilah deliver me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will deliver thee up. So another instance of David seeking the Lord. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. What I'm showing you here, just so that you understand, that when David said, God's way is perfect, my way is perfect. How did David's way become perfect? Because David sought the Lord. He did so consistently. Look at chapter 30, verse number 8. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, and thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 2. Saul's dead now. David gets the word that Saul is dead. And David knew that his soul is, as soon as Saul was dead, he was to become the next king. Chapter 2, 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass after this that. David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up into any of the cities of Judah? And the Lord said unto him, Go up. And David said, Whither shall I go up? And he said, Unto Hebron. Let's look at one more. Look at chapter 5, 2 Samuel chapter 5, and verse number 19. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver me deliver them into mine hand? And the Lord said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And by the way, that look at verse 23. I want you to show you that God didn't always say yes. Look at verse 23. And David, when David inquired of the Lord, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but bench a compass behind thee and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. So God led David the second time in the same battle, led David into a sneak attack, only because David inquired of the Lord. I'm saying, I think you will find that more than anyone else in the whole Bible except for Jesus himself, David had a habit of saying, Lord, show me your way. Show me your way. David lived a lifestyle of asking the Lord, Show me your way. By the way, David's great failure came when he stayed home from battle without asking the Lord. David sinned with Bathsheba, and and the murder that he committed as a result of that, it was because he didn't go to battle when kings were supposed to go to battle, and he certainly didn't go to the Lord and say, Should I skip this one? Because the Lord would have told him, No, you need to go to battle like like always. But David lived a lifestyle of seeking the Lord. Psalm 25, verses 4 and 5, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Lead me in thy truth. This is a Psalm of David. Psalm 27 is a Psalm of David. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Psalm 86 is a Psalm of David. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Psalm 143 is a psalm of David. Cause me to know the way way wherein I should walk. Listen carefully. We're coming up on the end of the message, honest. God will not micromanage your life. But he does have a solution for every one of your problems. God's not in your business where he's deciding for you, you know, regular or extra crispy. God's not controlling you like you're a chess piece. I wish he would. David prayed in Psalm 119, Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. But God does have a solution for every one of your problems, and he will show you if you will ask him. Every believer needs to get get good at saying, Lord, please show me your way. Lord, please show me your way. Now, the first thing that has to happen is you've got to believe God has a solution for that problem. That problem is not too small for God to have a solution for you. That problem is not too big for for God to have a solution for you. I decided that uh, the, the, the holiday week was just I mean, for you, it would not have been uh, taxing. For me, it was taxing with my, with my leg. And I knew as I was coming into last weekend, we came home from the, the New Year's Eve service here, and I told Amy, I said, I'm not leaving the house again until it's time for church on a Wednesday night. I had my computer, my books, everything I needed. I did all my work uh, up there in, in, in the house. The only thing I can't do up there when it comes to routine work is print. I don't have a printer in the house. And so I said, I'm going to be all ready to go when I go down on Wednesday night for a prayer meeting. Because of that, my truck sat there on uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, did not get started. And you know, you look up at the house, you always see the back of of the truck because I always pull up in there. So I'm pulled up in there and I had just bought the, I, I still have the cigarette lighter charger in the truck. There was no, that's a 2000 truck. There was none of those uh, USP ports. So I got the cigarette lighter thing. And I had just bought, the old one had worn out. And I just bought a new one that had a little blue light on it. And I plugged, I had it plugged in. And it was that little blue light was on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. When I came out. Wednesday was afternoon, so it was still on the warm side. It started up. I moved it down, started back up. So that's, the, that's all the engine ran. Thursday morning, I went out. Now, I'm telling you my whole schedule here. Thursday morning, I go out. Thursdays, I have a, a little bit of a ritual. First of all, on Thursdays, I wear my favorite hat. It's my Colorado hat. I bought it in Denver last time I preached there. And uh, I love that hat. I only pretty much wear it on Thursdays. And then second thing I do Thursday morning, I mean, tell me I'm not getting to be an old man here, is uh, I go down to Elmer's. I sit in the same seat every day because I don't ask for that. They just say, oh, your seat's ready. Sometimes I go down. There's already a coffee and an unsweetened iced tea with lemons sitting there because that's what I get every time. And if I get the right waiter, they don't even ask my order. they just go ahead and and take it. And so I was getting in the truck to go to Elmer's and eat breakfast and now we we got a battery since since you gave me that truck. I could not understand how in the world. So I let it sit there and I'm sitting there going, Lord. And there was all kinds of problems attached with that, that I'm not going to waste your time telling you what they are. I'm telling you, this is not a tiny problem. It's not a huge problem. It's sort of an intermediate, the ones that you face, right? And I said, Lord, show me what to do. And I sat there, show me what to do. And I mean, as I sat there, the game plan formulated in my head. You say, well, I know, but I know a lot of clever people that they can come up with a game plan with problems and they don't even believe in God. Sure, that's great, but they don't get God's solution. I said, Lord, show me what to do. And one step at a time, he gave me do this, do this, do this, do this. And the last step of the problem, by by the way, Second to last step of the problem was to go down to AutoZone. The guy put the thing on it and said, your battery's great. You just haven't been running it enough. And that's when I figured out, oh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, little plug-in thing with blue light. Oh, I get it. So now I tell Amy I got I to go on a road trip every day, make sure the battery's okay. But anyway, um, last piece of this problem that I came together is that since Thursday I've been backing up into the, the spot there. So because I had trouble. I pulled the van up there. We had that that much room in between the van and the truck to get the cables from the van over to my truck. Anyway, that was way too much story, and I'm very sorry. But here's what I why I told it. Because that was a at the time a significant problem. And I stopped by God's grace and I said, Lord, show me the way. Because you know, when a problem first slaps you, you know that hopeless feeling, right? Oh. My life is over. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a little dramatic, but my battery's dead. My life is over. <laughs> but there's that hopeless feeling of, oh man, the whole day's shot. The next five things that I've got to be on time to do, I'm not going to be there. How am I going to? So you stop, you put on the brakes, you say, Lord, show me the way. Show me your way, and He will do it for you. When the car won't start, Lord, show me your way. When money runs short, Lord, show me your way. When you have a broken or a a strained relationship in your life and you say, I just, Lord, show me your way. When you need victory over sin, Lord, show me your way. When you're discouraged and you can't find your way out of discouragement, he's got your way out. Lord, show me your way. Now, by the way, you may not always like his way, when you're discouraged and you say, Lord, show me your way, and you really mean it, you might just get a phone call from somebody who needs your help because that's one of the quickest ways out of discouragement. And God just might set that up for you. Lord, show me your way. When you're faced with a looming deadline and you've done the math, there's no way you're going to make it. Lord, show me your way. When you're faced with a dispute, you don't like it, you don't want any part of it, but you're in a position where you have to take a position on the thing. Lord, show me your way. As for God, his way is perfect, and he maketh my way perfect. I want you to suffer with me through this. Listen, if you would, please. The questions are many. The answers are few. There's no indication what I ought to do. Darkness prevails, I can't see my way through. Lord, please show me your way. Lord, please show me your way. Lord, please show me your way. My will I surrender and humbly I pray. Lord, please show me your way. Abraham, Moses, Joshua too. Gideon, David, and Daniel's young crew. They all found solutions when God heard them pray. Lord, please show me your way. Lord, please show me your way. Lord, please show me your way. My will I surrender and humbly I pray. Lord, please show me your way.